welcome to the Cosmic Chats podcast with me, your host, Debbie Sugarbaker. On this show, I share conversations with individuals whose work, knowledge, wisdom, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and see the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive all of that and tap into your own heart and energy to create possibilities and elevate your experience of this reality we call life. Please enjoy this episode. Today I'm here and joined by Kuda Berg, who is a dear friend of mine. He's written several books. He's a prolific author, and we're going to talk a little bit about them today. He is also um, the son of the Robin Karen Berg, who many people know. That's a small introduction to Yehuda. Is there anything you want to add? No. <laughs> we, like to keep, we like to keep it simple. So. Yes. So, first of all, as I mentioned, um, I know that you are the son of the Robin Karen Berg. I was very close with Karen. I didn't know the Rav as well. And many, many people, those are two souls who have really impacted the world in a massive, massive way. And I know that many people have had like miracle stories. Myself, I have miracle stories with Karen, just being in Karen's presence and with the Rav as well. So I wondered as their son, can you share with us a story, something that comes to mind? It's funny. When I, talk, when I think about my parents, I um, think about them differently than I would almost everybody else in this world because I had a different experience. But thousands of stories that you hear and people tell stories about people who have either influenced their lives or something happened and they have their own experience. And then you hear stories about other people's experience. Uh, what's interesting with them is when you feel the stories live, like a, for instance, the first time my parents went to Morocco, me and my brother tagged along and uh, we wanted to go to see all these. It's a very spiritual country, period. And they also have some very spiritual, high-energy sites. And my father would literally, was literally walking. It was in Morocco. In Morocco, right? Yes, in Morocco, 1980, 1989. Okay. We literally walk in the streets. We went to a shop. And my father is dressed like a regular, or quote, a regular person. Like, you know, pants, shirts. Probably even a polo shirt. Some random guy comes to him and asks him for a blessing. And I was like, I don't understand. One thing is that if, you, if you're wearing something that looked like a rabbi, you know, look like a priest with a collar and you go, Father, bless me. Or, you know, th- there are certain codes of, of dress, dress code, where you know, okay, this person is special. And, and it's not the first time. It's just the first time I, I, it registered in my mind. He would literally be walking the streets and people would ask him for a blessing. I remember once he was in, me and him were in, we went for a date to Chicago. Someone was in, in need and asked him to go and, and my mom couldn't join him. I go with my dad to Chicago. We fly there and my dad's like, you know what? We're just here for this one thing. He went with shorts, shorts and t-shirt, literally, which he didn't do much. He didn't do often, but occasionally when he was in a place where he thought no one would see him. Be more casual. He was a Leo, after all. <laughs> exactly. But, like, uh, you know, your dad's Leo, so you know a little about this. Um, literally, someone in his short and T-shirt essence for a blessing. It, it was mind-blowing. When, when, when I think about them, because their essence, their essence 
love, light, all, all that we talk about in the script world, they live that. So it's not even shocking. It just, it is what it is. When, when people have that energy, people aren't necessarily connecting. People don't connect to the Dalai Lama because of his dress, because of his heart. When, when people are connecting to people of that level, people connecting because what they have inside and not, and not the external. Now, my mom, the first story that comes to my mind about my mom, who you deeply connected with when she was uh, physically um, inhabiting this planet, in 10th grade, 10th grade, I was capital, captain of our basketball team in high school. And we needed to do a practice. We had a very important game on Thursday. On Tuesday night, we were going to go practice. Our van broke down. And everyone's like, okay, we'll go home. I guess there's nothing. I'm like, one second. Let, let me just call my mom, see if, call my mom. Like, When in doubt, call mom. <laughs> mom, our van broke down. Is there any way? So not only did she, did she come and take us, she got a friend of hers to come and take the other because we were, we were 12. And we basically, not only did she get whatever she was doing, she was doing, and she stopped doing that. And the next thing, one of my friends in school was like, hey, your mom's great. And he wasn't even on the basketball team. He just heard that just happened. And that, that, saved that the day. her heart and, and caring even permeated to people who really didn't know her just by her actions. Beautiful stories. Thank you for sharing. A few people have mentioned your books. So that's something that I also wanted to mention today because you you have been a prolific writer in your life. You have many books, you know, under your belt. I actually have a few of them here. And most notably, you know, there's The Power of Kabbalah and um, perhaps also The 72 Names of God. Here are a couple other ones. Okay. So what what can you tell us? First of all, which book maybe was your favorite to write? And uh, maybe you want to talk about, I don't know, 72 Names of God, Power of Kabbalah. What was your process like? These books have impacted, I know for me, it dramatically changed the course of my life. So these books have impacted a lot of people. What do you have to share about it? Okay, so it's interesting, and I think we'll get, we'll get more into it afterwards. But when I look at my life, not look back, that sounds like someone who's on the other side. But when I look at my life, there are different segments of my life. We had growing up and between Israel and, and, and New York, and then I went to... Didn't go to college, went to rabbinical school and all that. And to like the age of 24, just study. And then I have 24 to 40, 41. That was more deep dive into, into Kabbalah realm. And then I have the last few years of my life where I did a big deep dive into my own personal kind of, kind of place. So in that Kabbalah place. My first project that my dad had me was da daily by age of 17. He's like, you should do this. I think it cut out. You said the daily prayer book, oh. right? Oh yes. Sorry. Uh, daily prayer book. That was my first project. And that was, a um, a three year project, literally everything. I put everything into that a because it was my first and B because I wanted it to be perfect, which it's definitely not nothing's perfect but i tried to do as perfect as possible after that one of the first things i did but when me and my brother and my father from the age of 15 to like 15 to 18 we studied together the three of us and uh after high school as projects necessitated i would spend a lot of time with him at night 
mainly because on the day he was working and on different projects. So we ended up having this cool quality time. And then he's like, you know, maybe we could find some meanings of the 72 names. Because in Kabbalistic literature, it was never in one place. It was all over the place. And uh, so at first it was exciting. You found one here, you found one there. And then it kept being really frustrating. Because it, it, it's not a book you could pr you could publish by having 50 of the 72 explained, or 60 of the 72, or even 71 of the 72 explained. You had to go through all... You needed to be complete. Fully. So it was very frustrating. Uh, I almost gave up, and constantly my father's pushing me. I mean, obviously sometimes in, in a, what felt to me too much, but in a, in a not gentle and not so gentle way, he kept me going forward. And then one day I, I literally um, walked into an old bookshop um, and it had a, this red book. And it had a lot of the synonyms, and that was sort of the, it helped complete the project. And um, it was kind of a divine intervention. Completely. Little... My father had similar thing happen to him. He was working on one of his books on, on the Aramaic, 22 Aramaic letters. And he was stuck. He was stuck in one of the letters as into what to go into it. And he told me we were living in Israel at the time. And he went to the resting place of his teacher. And his teacher's teacher in Jerusalem, he went to them in order to get inspired, in order to figure out what he needs to put into it, because he then got inspired, maybe not immediately, but eventually he finished the book. So when he told me that story, I knew that, and I knew that the, a similar thing would be happening here and eventually. So... It's like when we're undertaking things, like this is kind of like a Karen thing. When you're undertaking something that's going to benefit people, especially on a spiritual level, you're definitely divinely assisted. And that's a great message for the people who are listening too. Yes, for sure. A lot of times, you know, we're at a place where, and most of the time I don't know the answer. Right. But the, there's a big question in, in sort of, it's a philosophical question. It's a spiritual question. It's a, it's a human question. You know, when you get rejected once, you get rejected twice, you get rejected three times. Or, you know, when is the time to let go? And when is the time to, to persist? You know, and this balance between, because letting go can also bring open a lot of things to enter. But also, I, sometimes you need to persist. Like, uh, I think it's 13 publishers that rejected uh, Harry Potter. And, and this is like, you know, and if they didn't go to the 14, right? I'm yeah. sure there's other other stories of by letting go and not pushing through, something is revealed. So there's there's a constant battle between. It, it depends on the person. Depends on. Fraction. There's no there's no hardened law for understanding this, right? Sometimes a person is meant to go the fourteenth time, and sometimes a person is meant to finally let go, and then something even bigger than themselves. So when I use the story, it's it's not. To say, theoretically, my father could have done the synonyms. I've got theoretically somebody else, you know, in the Kabbalah or somebody else in the world, right? If it was time for this information to come, it was going to come. If it wasn't time, it wouldn't have come. You know, not always. Not always. You have the key, 
open the right door. Sometimes the key is not in your hands. It's in somebody else's hands. And sometimes the door is not meant to be open. But if it is, you need to go through a certain certain step. So I'm not I'm not saying, you know, always to persevere. I'm not saying always to let go. I'm just saying there's always a balance. You need to find what you need to do. Yes. We've been talking about the seven ancient names of God. And man, I don't even know what that is. Do you want to give a quick explanation or do you want me to just explain real quick? Maybe you explain. So the yes. 72 names of God are basically three-letter combinations of the Hebrew letters, each one which is like a portal of a certain energy of the Creator. So um, if you look at the 72 names of God book, I wish I had it here, there's different combinations of letter, and each one will can, can reveal a different energy, spiritual energy. So there's like one with the energy of soulmate or for letting go or for recapturing the sparks, you know, calling back those energies that we may have lost when we were doing something that, you know, was kind of off of our path. We can bring that energy back to us. So they're really powerful tools to work on the spiritual level and to really see change in your life. For me personally, when I found the 72 names of God, it was probably 15 years ago. I, I literally felt like I, transformed my life and only I can know that because I know the process that I went through internally and I know the, how they impacted me definitely helped me transform my life so that's the 72 names of God you can look up more about it and maybe you can add anything that I missed uh first of all no um <laughs> but I, I just there are tools there's many tools in the universe to be able to help us it happens to be one of them that that I hold dear happened to be the one that um, my father actually said you should do this, but as you said, it, it helps. It helps bring down specific channels. If it's with children, with different things, it helps bring down these energies. Again, can a person do this without it? A hundred percent. Yes, we could bring down. We could manifest many things in our life just by just by prayer, by asking, by meditating, and helps filter out some of the negative thoughts or some of the negative energies that are blocking us from achieving whatever we need to achieve. Beautiful. So I wanted to go on to our next question now. Okay. I wanted to ask you, like, what are you doing now? People might be curious. 2013, my, my dad passed away, um, which entered, entered for me a, a new universe. I found a lot of truths not necessarily great truths about myself. And I went down a path of really self-discovery. I had some uh, addiction issues. I went to rehab. I did all kinds of self-discovery tools using a vast array of kind of interesting... Spiritual healing modalities. Not necessarily uh, things that that are easily found. Some of the ways that, that I got the things was a friend, a friend, a friend, crazy kind of connections. When I grew up, I had, as I said, I had, I had parents who had all the answers for themselves, went through their own transformation. Had, I mean, my, my father grew up ultra, ultra, ultra orthodox. My mom grew up connected to nothing. Had some spirit in her, and that combination led to both of them getting answers about a lot of things. And, and between them, they, they, not always from the beginning, but eventually received answers to their process. When I got thrown into this, I 
was expected to have answers, but I didn't. So in that space between not even understanding what questions I need to be asking myself and, and then getting to answers, eventually I saw I left my job and my wife at the ball center to go and find myself because I was looking for answers in, in most of the, or all the wrong places, right? Drugs, alcohol doesn't, doesn't give you answers. It gives you escapes. It doesn't give you answers to your questions. It gives, eventually gives you even more questions and answers, more problems and solutions. I just wanted to interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There, you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or sign up for a one-on-one healing session with me. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So I looked for answers in all the wrong places, and I started this path of discovery in the right places. Uh, did Did some regular therapy, did some plant medicine, did some theta healing, which is awesome. Uh, and all, all these Ooh. spiritual modalities, um, in order to, to get more whole, to, right. in order to get more, uh, to feel more peace. And so I spent, I guess by now seven, eight good years. And, and now I feel I'm, I'm, I want to connect to people and just share. And, um, I finished last month level two theta healing which is awesome. And I'm going to go do, there's a third level called dig deeper that I'm planning to do very soon. And, um, and, and you really, you know, that for instance is a, is a level of, of energy that you get to where things are revealed, where answers are easier to be accessible. That's something I, I, I am doing and not because and only, but in my mom's last three, four, five years of her life, um, she, she had this mission, she had this mission of, she would say global spirituality, which means there are truths everywhere right? in almost every single modality of, of, of spiritualism, there's truth in every religion, there's truth and every entity that, that right. is following a specific practice there's truth. And, and what she tried to do was to learn from them from the different diversified uh, groups, modalities, and practices, and bring it all as one. So to recognize that common thread, and it's interesting that we're talking about this because I actually, from maybe 10 years, starting 10 years ago, worked with on Karen's team with the global spirituality stuff. So I think it's really interesting that this came up in this conversation, and maybe it's for, you know, probably, of course, it's for a reason. But yeah, to find that common thread that common energy that we are connected on the spiritual level we are one even though we may have all these different beautiful spiritual practices from all over the world there is that spiritual essence that is the same yes and and like i'll if i'll get invited to a meditation session i'm gonna go if i'm gonna get invited i i I will try everything and then each person is different right We, we vibrate on a certain frequency and our soul is connected to certain teachings from from this journey that we're on, prior lifetimes that we've lived, 
and and we carry baggage from there. We carry understandings from there. We carry we carry a lot, and each person has to choose for themselves. You know, some people like to shop spiritual practice, which is also okay. But understanding that at some moment you need to you need to actually buy the merchandise. You can't the. the the only it's not about window. This is not about window shopping. Yes, this is exactly. about knowing who you are and knowing your path and knowing your connection to the divine. But being open and recognizing that there are other things that exist. It's not about being a spiritual surfer, spiritual shopper. It's you know you're committed. At this point, I think many people who have been committed to a spiritual path or their own journey or they're committed to their own soul for many years. Yeah, I mean, my parents would go one of their spiritual practices. Those of you who know my dad, he, he would pray for a very, very long time. Most of his morning into early afternoon, he just was praying. And till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon sometimes. But whenever he was done, he would go with my mom. They would go for a walk. It was here in L.A. at the Franklin Canyon, one of the canyons out here. They would go for a walk, prayer, meditation, healing. So they would go to nature and use meditation and prayer and healing in nature. My mom loved nature. So that was one of her tools, just by connecting to, you know, mother nature and father sky and just be there in that place was enough for her. I love nature. There's great ways of either grounding ourselves or connecting or even getting messages through the trees, through the animals, through the birds. It's about being open. There's because it gets you also out of your usual like bubble of energy. At least for me, I often go into like go for a hike or whatever. And when I'm there, it's like you can definitely clear and then receive something. Or even you go to nature, you just enjoy and you're present with everything. And then later, you kind of something becomes clear that wasn't clear. At least for me, that's my experience. It's interesting. Someone says I ground daily by bare feet in the grass. And you were talking about Karen. And I remember last year I was with. Karen in, you know, in the last months and, um, we would go outside because Karen wanted to put her feet on the, in the grass, on the ground. And there were, it was just beautiful. I remember there was a rose garden and there was hummingbirds around. And now whenever I see a hummingbird, I just kind of feel like Karen's around. So just putting that out there for people. (laughs) And then randomly someone gave me a bracelet after Karen passed with a little hummingbird on it. So definitely we connect with energy and with spirit and with you know, these positive, beautiful energies through, through nature. Yes. And again, nature is one avenue. There's many avenues to connect. I, I try to not be limited by what I think I know or, but I think I've experienced. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like nature, I'm like, you know, maybe just either try it or if you're not just be open to something else, just there's many, many things that we could do. Like I wake up in the morning, I pray, right? It's part of my, my, uh, routine, part of my ritual. And I, I do feel it plugs me in, but just because I've prayed in the morning, doesn't mean I don't try to do a meditation. It doesn't mean I don't try to literally go on the grass barefoot and, and, and connect. I love that. That's, that's a great thing. If you don't have grass, great. Do something else, whatever it is. Not saying like that everybody has to do one. In fact, in fact, what you're saying is the opposite. Find what speaks to you, what makes you feel connected to your own soul, to your own intuition, to what you need to do to move forward in in your life and really to find that fulfillment. Yes, and again, this is my experience. 
for me, it was, it was doubly challenging because one, I was trying to find answers, trying to find uh, peace, um, as I said, f- from addiction and, and things that sort of haunted me. In the same time, there was a level of spirituality I already had, but that level of spirituality wasn't as deep as it needed to be for me. And I asked myself, and I know it's all divine timing, and I know things happen at the right time, at the right place, and the creative all that's good that's out there, and whatever that means to anyone, that by all means. If, if, it's a relig- if a person needs it to be a religious figure, great. person needs it to be a spiritual figure, great. Whatever you need that to be. It's just, I believe there's a creator of all good that's in the universe. And there's divine timing. So even though there was a portion of my life where I was learning and teaching spirituality, even though I wasn't myself, at the time I was doing the best I could with the tools I had. And, and today I'm doing the best I can with the tools I have that today that hopefully in a year or two or three or four, the level that I'm at today wouldn't have been suffice for them, but today is who I have, what I am, and, and who we are. Wow. That is like a really beautiful and wide perspective. Thank you for sharing that. Thinking that would benefit a lot of us. In the past, I would basically preach, okay, and now you should do this. Right. Whether, whether if I'm giving you a talk about a book, you then you end by going, okay, go buy this book or go do this and go do that. And that's the course of action. I would ask people to just, um, explore, find something, find something. Even if you're, if you think you're in, you have a good understanding of yourself and the grounding of yourself and at peace, find something that could enhance. As, as simple as going on YouTube and find a meditation or go, if you're not someone who goes outside, go outside, just sit in the sun, just have the energy of the sun come at you as simple as that, or is go online and do a, um, a course, you know, do a Kabbalah course, do a, a something course, any course that you could find that, that enhances. So depending on the level of commitment you want to do to take a next step, whatever that next step is. But I saw this little clip that just popped up quickly yesterday. It was Kobe Bryant. And he was just saying, I caught like two seconds of it. He was saying, I'm always looking for more. I'm always looking to grow. I'm always looking for that next way to like, you know, expand myself and to learn more. So it's just interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think of, I think of myself, I think of my, my, my parents and like, it's funny, my mom, she wrote this book, God wears lipstick and it's, she didn't want it to be Kavalka woman. Like, um, she felt she was speaking to everyone and she happened to be one of the few Kabbalists who happened to be a woman. So, um, like you're putting her in, you know, she felt she was put in a box, right? So I, I have many friends who, who like Gal Gadot is the, is the actress from Israel, Israeli actress, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, right? You, right. you come with that box and, and my mom didn't feel too, uh, wanting to be a woman for women she wanted to be a spiritual cabal teacher right for everyone right and uh just u- using that kind of an idea that's what we want to we, we want to say find something every person who is spiritually inclined add something add something to your 
way of being. And when I went to London a few a few weeks ago, a few months ago, COVID has changed my way of thinking of time. If you told me it was a week, great. If you six months, I would be like, okay. We're all like but in I, this twilight zone. Yeah. I went there and I went to the clinic. They did all all my uh, baseline medical stuff. You know, they take a bunch of vials and all that. So I did the medical stuff. But then on the spiritual side, I did, I tried to do every day breath work, which is unbelievable. It completely opens you up. And again, it's a practice that I love. There's a great practitioner in London. If, if you want to know her, she's, she's great. I could give you details. There's also a great healer that I went to in London. Um, actually two, one was this Chinese dude and he was unbelievable. Like literally he just felt he opened you right up and he came to the body. So if there was a physical, something that was stuck, he would unblock you physically. And then you felt your whole spiritual being open. And there's another healer that works more on a spiritual level. So again, there, there's, there's many ways, many ways to go and, and improve your energy. I would just encourage people to do something, something, anything, move forward. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Ibuda. Thank you so much for sharing with everyone today. And feel free to connect with Yehuda. He's going to be, I've heard whispers of a podcast coming out and uh, more lives and, you know, just sharing more out there um from his experience and his wisdom and just your beautiful energy thank you so much for sharing with us today and thank everybody for joining the show thank you so much thank you so much Abby. have a beautiful day you too thank you so much for listening to the end i truly hope you enjoyed and received benefit from this episode please subscribe share it with your friends and family and or leave me a review. I appreciate your energy and support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well and take good care. Bye-bye everyone, lots of love. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.